0: Yeah, Michael Reese Christensen, Director for Electoral Area B of the Regional District of Bulkley and And last term, I was the Connectivity Chair. Um,
1: Nellie Davis.
2: Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Nellie Davis. I'm the Manager of Regional Economic Development for the Regional District of Bulkley um, and And I am the Staff Champion for the Connectivity Committee. So I
3: have a name up here, and I hope
4: Correctly, are Levu Cain, Levu chain? Good morning,
3: everyone. Uh, Renee Labacane,
5: I'm with the Strathcona Regional District and uh, involved in the Connected Coast Project
6: as well. Thank you. Sal's I'm the Regional District. i <coughs>
3: <laughs> Sarah Fowler.
4: Hello, I was uh, asked to attend this committee for the Economic Development Committee of the UBCM. Thanks. And I have another
3: email address here, systemadmin at shishale.com.
7: Uh, uh, hi, I don't know why it doesn't say my name. It's Ray Slee. I, I, it always used to say my name. Right. But I guess I should speak to my IT manager. Um, I, I am the IT manager, I manage the IT for the Shishal
3: First
8: Nation here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, yeah, I apologize about the name, we um, it's you. Thomas Witten. Hi, I, I as well am the IT manager, but for a different First Nation. I'm uh, the IT manager for Doyle River First Nation. We're working on a uh, large cellular infrastructure project as well as a fiber hunting project. It's really exciting stuff to
9: me and Walter Papa uh, thank you I, i'm the regional district central goodney i represent uh area east the slocan valley
3: thank you everyone did i miss anybody we
7: had few people jumping in as we were going through that i believe you missed yourself myself i started i started off but I was, oh oh yes sorry for Yeah. for folks who have joined us i'm
10: maureen
3: laborde ARIE. Area after elected area director for the Caribou Regional District, and I'm also chair of the Caribou Regional District's Connectivity Committee, um, as well as for the first couple of years, at least, chair of this committee as well. Anyone else? Anyone else that has joined us since we started this round, or um, anyone I accidentally skipped over? Good. Nico, you can watch if someone arrives late. You can try and put them into to an introduction. So moving on on our agenda the rckn purpose and past topics so the rckn has been meeting approximately once every six weeks once a month every six weeks um for going on two years now it was started up initially when i was speaking with staff from
10: the
1: ministry
3: um, regarding rollout for uh, Connectivity into rural communities, the challenges. Um, I had just been elected and just been appointed chair of the Yerba Regional Districts Committee. And we're looking for some way I could connect with other regional districts and other communities around British Columbia, particularly in the interior and north, but not limited to, to find out who's doing what, who has a plan, who is starting to plan, who is already well down the path of, of expanding and improving connectivity. So, that was kind of the initial conversation or two that led to the formation of the Learning Network to become a forum where elected officials and staff could come together, share that information, ask questions, um, and also bring in subject experts, as identified by this group, in terms of what, where are learning gaps. If we know already what we don't know, what do we want to learn more about? As we've done that, we've created, and and kudos to to Jerry and to Rico for creating a SharePoint and some links to some websites. There's a SharePoint that um, lists all the previous presentations. Rico uh, records this session. I didn't mention that, but this session is being recorded, these conversations. So anyone who wants to go back and look again at a topic or a a presentation that was given or maybe missed one they want to know about. Um, Jerry is your point person for um, getting yourself connected to that. And we can touch on that a little bit at the end of uh, today's session as well to uh, make sure that everybody has access to all of that. We seem to have pretty much the same the same players back in the room, but I know there are also some new folks. Um, some of us perhaps in our local government's our role has changed. So congratulations to those of you who were acclaimed or re-elected. And congratulations to those of you who are joining us now. Um, <laughs> we'll come back when we talk about the roundtable, uh, about what our past topics are. Um, I believe what you set up the agenda, did also send out a list of potential topics. So, so early on when we formed this learning network, it was in part to share that information, who's doing a plan or who has a plan and how is implementation going. But after some time and some topics and many and meetings under our belt, we want to know, or we collectively need to know, um, where do we want to go with this? Um, the very name of a connectivity knowledge network implies learning. Um, there's some topics that we could touch on and drill in a bit deeper. There may be new topics that we haven't thought of to date. The, the universe has shifted in many ways since this, this group got started, including some announcements of some big dollars and the potential rollout of um, applying for funding to to continue to to fill in the gaps of connectivity in in rural DC. So where where do we collectively want this this informal group to to go? Do we want to think of new topics again touch on all of them? So Jerry um, and Nico both of um the discussions (coughs) we put together a list. I believe there's eight or nine topics. Some of them related to to newer newer themes. Some of them themes we've touched on before that either our new members might not know so much about, or want to learn more about, or want to go deeper. I think you've all seen that list: letters of support, permitting, creating connectivity value. There's a little language on the list that you were sent about each of those. Working with ISPs, data, their various. Forms of data that we might uh, need to learn more about. What's up with Leo satellites these days? Health and safety. I think those are questions that we all get asked by our constituents if you're elected, or if you have towers and, and services coming into uh, to your area, connectivity enabling technology, and, and more discussion around data. That's just an overview of each of these topics. Um, Rico has created a poll. And I think
10: we can plug into
3: that fairly quickly. So in real time here, we're going to um, conduct a poll that will um, help to indicate what the priorities are for this group. And Miko, I'll go to you and perhaps you can just do a little bit of a setup in terms of of how we're going to ask people to participate in that. Sure, thanks everyone.
11: Um, I just wanted to welcome, I think we had a couple other people join us and i know someone's on on the phone um i'm just double checking i'm guessing it might be lara beckett from uh fraser fort george um but
1: uh, you...
10: okay welcome lara. <laughs> hello hi thank you um we did a round
3: of introductions
1: but we are
10: going
3: to go back and do a roundtable um, later on in the meeting so everyone will have a chance who so has joined us uh, quite recently to uh to- are and, and what their role is within their community i think crystal you've joined us since we got started here as well crystal and trevor i saw uh... yeah hey, trevor.
11: hi guys um yeah so i i have made a poll i don't know how um... larry you might be excluded from the poll for which i apologize because you're just on the phone um but mainly the the poll is to gauge, um, you know, which are your, let's say, top five topic areas that you really want Jerry and I to go out and uh, find people to, or information um, to bring to RCKN uh, about these areas. There's, of course, so much that we can cover, and there's, you know, there's stuff that we covered a while ago that maybe. Things, the context has changed or um, people are wanting updates or refreshers um, and there's also as each of you are progressing along in your um, own organizations and, and your own processes uh, maybe there's different ways that you have identified that we can best support you in your learning and in your work um, so it's a way the poll is a way for us to, to take the temperature and um, as Maureen said get some direction uh, so hopefully I will turn it on, and uh, you should have a bunch of um, a, a multiple choice, a very long multiple choice question um, just in a moment that pops up on your screen, and we would ask you to pick your top five um, out of them all, and they correspond to the list that that you guys were sent um, ahead of time. So. Um, I'm going to open up the poll, and uh, I apologize, there's no Jeopardy music, but um, if you guys can sort of just work through that, I'll, I'll give people a, a minute or so to, to work through it. And then maybe uh, Maureen, we can also, after the poll closes, we can check in with Lara and uh, about her top five as well, and, or her uh, these priorities. Okay, so I'm going to launch it, and hopefully it works for everyone. Um, I see our people
1: seeing and pop-up on their screen, most of
11: you. If it doesn't work for you, please just hold on and we'll do a voice check-in at the end. And, uh, we'll just, um, capture those who weren't able to, to participate in the poll. Hi okay,
1: there, this is Lara. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, hi Lara. Okay, um, I am going to be listening to you on the phone while I go driving, so I'm just going to listen and not speak or anything like that. Okay, okay, Lara, maybe you and
3: I, we could follow up later um, and look at that list, because um, you, you will have got the list when you got the agenda, and just get some of your, own, your feedback that we can incorporate into the, as we go ahead and plan for future sessions.
1: How does that sound? That sounds fine. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh,
10: what people come up with
4: is going to be generally great to listen to and learn from. So thanks, L- Laura. I wanted to ask you a question. This is Sarah Fowler from Tasis. Um, do you want me to read the poll so you can know what it says? No, no, that's
1: okay. I, you
10: know, i will just listening this time. Okay.
11: Okay, if there's anyone who has been trying to put in their choices but hasn't been able to, please holler um, now, (laughs) and uh, let me know, otherwise I'm going to close it in about 15 seconds. I
3: mean,
5: I could, but I wouldn't
10: subject you all to (laughs) it. Okay. Let's just hold this. Okay. Okay. I'm just going
3: the wall. And i will uh, <coughs> oh. <coughs> All right, so um, I think we're looking at uh, this window by now. it's probably going to come to everyone. Um, identifying uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that people have selected. The, the winner is Working with ISPs Best Practices for Relationship Building. Permitting, so we're, I see some topics that are kind of moving towards implementation for those that have plans already or are actually rolling out some projects or have some homes rolling out projects in your area. Infrastructure data, how um, ISPs are addressing community members and um, There's no but also, questions. LEOS Hopefully are still right. a topic. And we did we did drill extend a little bit in the past. Um, I clicked letters of support as well myself, um, well, well, because I, I would like to learn more of how other RDS are managing, leveraging that request for letters of support for their for their own to meet their own needs.
1: Um,
3: so what we'll do, Rico, I think we'll go ahead, we'll roll this up, we'll send the results of this out to everyone, we're all looking at it now, but we will um, send it to you in email so that you can share it with other staff, with your board, with, uh, with your committees. Um, and it gives us some direction, and it's important really cool. to, um, to look at who we might connect with, in experts or subjects or experience.
1: Yep, just give me a second.
11: I'm just double checking that I got the screenshot. That's important, great. Yep, I've got it. So I'm going to close it up now. Right. Okay, everyone.
3: Thank you very much for participating in that and that's kind of up front and if you haven't been part of this, if this is your first time, into the Knowledge Network it would seem like a little bit of a process that we had going on there. Um, Lara, recognize recognize that being on the phone we're going to connect afterwards. And so uh, we can have a further discussion through email between now and whenever we might like the next couple of meetings in terms of where we go next with those topics and who we might be so, if there's no questions, I'm not seeing any hands up, so we'll just take a pause just to see if anyone has any particular questions. Um, and then we'll just go ahead. We have no other topic lined up for today's session, but we will do um, a full round table. Um, we'll have to go through that list again and ask all of you again to identify who you are and what local government you are with, but also What's your role in your local government's um, or your organization's connectivity work and aspirations, whether you're elected or or, or staff? So we have that list. I'm not seeing any hands up at this point. So again, I will start at the uh, top of the page and just work through the participant list, and we'll check in at the end in case I've missed anyone. We have like quite a bit of time, maybe at 9:20 for this, so that if um, couple minutes each. uh, If you have more to say or you want to discuss what another person has contributed, we can can manage that to a point and we'll look at still being well out of here at 11 o'clock, which is what we posted at the time for this. Starting with Brittany Taylor. Hi again, everybody. Um,
12: Brittany, I'm with Economic Development Cowichan, uh, or Regional Service of the Cowichan Valley Regional District. Um, And in my role, our uh, division has been tasked with completing a connectivity strategy for Cowichan, which we are almost done. Uh, And we're just sort of wrapping our heads around um, how do we move forward into implementation in terms of. Uh, finding partners and figuring out you know how to actually get applications in and get infrastructure built Um so that's kind of where we're at so I am I, really interested in topics like working with ISPs and letters of support and, and that sort of thing would be really interesting uh, for me.
3: Thank you. Thanks Brittany and that's certainly the position Many of us started in this and are still in, where we're, we're doing a plan or we have a strategy, and what do we do next? Where do we go with the strategies? Yeah, yeah. it's very timely. Um, Lara, I'm just gonna go to you on the phone, if you just wanna talk a little bit about who you are, your <coughs> Uh, so I've been, um, this
1: last week, selected the chair of the regional district, Prince George. I've been uh, participating in this committee. I think since it started, I've learned a great deal from it. Um, We have a a broadband connectivity committee at our regional district, and uh, last year received a report basically looking at the connectivity, um, internet and cell phone gap across the region. That identified over 60 different possible projects and that uh, report I guess will kind of be the foundation of um, where we try to look at what we might do about connectivity in our region. Um so from this point, you know, we've been just encouraging the ISP you know, when they come for letters of support and that kind of thing to so look at the projects Uh, In some cases, we've suggested changes to the exact location of a tower so that it covers more communities. um, We have a lot of work ahead of us, so I I think we're really just beginning our journey down this road and and what it might mean. There's certainly a lot of people that don't have good connectivity or cell coverage in our region, and because of the population are not really offer That's a big challenge for
3: Okay, thank you, Lara. I'm gonna go next to Jason our Alexis. Jason, did you just join us? I think your name just popped up here.
7: Uh yes it did.
3: Okay, so what we're doing um, at the moment is a round table that so I'm going to topic today we're just sort of reintroducing ourselves to each other so um you can do double duty on um, your role in your, in your community or the organization that you're representing here and as well as any updates on on what's going on on the connectivity
13: topic in your communities
7: yeah, uh, my name is jason alexis i'm, I'm, I'm the
13: manager for cycles first station um i was in from the uh, inception, to the, uh, it's just been so busy lately, we been uh, able to keep up. Uh, but I do believe it's uh, uh, it is an important topic. So, um, as as for our community, we did we did have uh, get a uh, cell tower here, so, uh, and we are now I able to offer uh, just some uh,
14: connectivity you to that tower. You can multiply you tell uh, 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 smart
13: hub uh we are in talks with uh TELUS for offering uh, broadband to the community uh by um, uh, uh, uh i we, we were thinking of a few
10: different possibilities for broadband um right now we're just trying to uh,
13: look into feasibility and such and uh, yeah that's it
3: thank you jason and welcome back
1: yes a catherine dooner, or dooner.
3: catherine are you with us still might- oh i think
11: i think catherine's probably listening in from she's a colleague of jerry and jeannie and so okay. she's probably multitasking, I'm guessing.
15: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, would, I would suspect so.
11: She'll
3: just stick right <laughs> over to and then if she shows up
12: later, she can. So that Crystal Brown! Hey! Uh,
16: good I'm Crystal Brown. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. I'm the Electoral Area Manager with the Peace River Regional District. Um currently i am one of the members that's on our newly-ish formed broadband internet mobility committee um, the board established it last year so we've had a full year of the committee we meet four times a year i guess our biggest news that we have is during the elections on october 15th we did an ascent vote for a regional connectivity service function to allow the regional district to provide grants to internet service providers or to partner with them to either build, operate, construct, apply for federal grants, funding, whatever it is that we want to do. And that actually received overwhelmingly support from all areas, including the member municipalities of the regional district. And we adopted the bylaw on the November 10th board meeting. So this will be our first connectivity meeting um, since adoption of the by law. So we're hoping that we're going to get some information from them tomorrow on what projects they might want to do next year. And Trevor and I are also going to be doing like a little connectivity 101 update to the committee. So we did have a huge turnover on the board. I think seven of the 12 members are new. So just to give them an idea of what is connectivity, what are the challenges, where have we been in the past and how did we get here?
3: And what are some options for going forward? And that's it. Thank you, Crystal. And congratulations. I think we'll all be interested in watching how that rolls out for you and, and uh, perhaps having a session about that at some point or having you come and present to some of our our other committees and terms of how that's working. That's yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. I'll go on now to Gabriel. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm also online with my uh, colleague, Mike Gilbert. I'll uh, I'll let him speak uh, further to our work uh, taking place specifically in regards to broadband, Uh, but further to that, um, the municipality is uh, working to improve access to 911 service along the Alaska Highway, and we receive funding through the uh, provincial government to support the
12: installation of five roadside emergency call boxes. Um, So this work is um, in line with our continuing efforts around uh, improved access to
3: public safety, as well as looking at options to improve cellular coverage along remote highway segments. So we're looking to complete the project uh, shortly, Uh, looking forward to having the call boxes installed along the highway. Thank you. That's, that's so interested in that one. And some of the, the newer members, that's one of the advantages to this knowledge network when when, when Gabriel was talking about this project earlier on um, last year, they actually invited her in to come and talk to, to some of us at the CRD so that we could learn how that went. And so you get those kind of connections through this group where, oh, this group's doing that, that community, and you can go and connect outside of this knowledge network session to to follow up on that kind I think it's one of the greatest strengths of this year. I'm going to go down to Art Kane. Hello,
14: Maureen. Hey. What's up? Hi. I really don't have much to add. Lara covered off everything uh, so nicely, but there was one thing that the uh, new committee and the new new members of the committee will have to consider is the impact on the plan of all these announcements. Uh,
7: We don't
8: really have a good handle
14: on they impact all the announcement, recent announcements, and perhaps some future announcements have on the plan of these 60 underserved settlement areas. That's all I've got to
17: add to what Lara covered.
3: Yes, I think I think quite a few of us are pondering, pondering that one. We've got our plan, and how does this change, or does our plan still fit with what the reality is becoming now? Um, Jay Simpson, North Hi everyone, so
13: um, I'm the Regional Director for one of the Electoral Areas in the Columbia swap. and three of the Electoral Areas here are banded together in terms of bringing economic development to our areas, kind of geographically similar. Um, We've been working with a company called I-Valley, and they're out of the East Coast, but also have Uh, members in various areas of Canada, and it's i-valley.ca, and I would recommend taking a look at it. There may be some value in in that company, but they've been uh, working with us through this project, and um,
10: the data that the, the province and the feds have on our communities
13: and there's a number of them uh, all said that basically we have 50/10 connectivity and we know of course that that was significantly different so i-valley has has worked with CIRA to put together a performance test and we've been encouraging all of our, our uh, community members to go to that performance test and just you know, click on it and basically it tests your speed so we now have significant data that shows that the 5010 is not being reached by a a good portion of of our communities Um, so that is just kind of wrapping up at this point um we've had over 2,000 uh speed tests and uh it's definitely showing that some people are getting it and, and some people are not so it's it's marvelous to have that data they're also um helping us with uh accessing the funds, they are prepared to put together the application and work with ISPs. They're going to be coming out to our areas and kind of determining what is the best uh, technical solution for various communities because some are kind of way off the grid and some are a little closer in but there's no fiber to them or even close. So they're coming out and looking at various technical solutions that may be involved. And putting a report together that does that and then that report will go to, with the application into uh, to get funding and they're prepared to help us work with the ISPs, the various ISPs that are doing uh, different things in the area and so they're really kind of dragging us through this process and it, it's been marvelous it hasn't been totally cheap but I think that the value is there um, given the ramifications of not having good connectivity for our economic development so they do have a website that I, I mentioned i valleyca uh, take a look through it uh, they're a good people to work with they understand that we don't all know all of the technical aspects and, and they uh, and and talk that's totally to awesome. our level of expertise um, so we've been happy with uh, with what they're doing with us and for us and, and uh, leading us through this process
3: Next I'm gonna to go to I see we've been joined by um Barry Gordon is that is that a a, a new join Nico? Did you notice he was joining us? Hi Barry. Um, what we're doing here is a bit of a roundtable, so uh, we did an introduction earlier on, but if you would like to speak to uh, who you are, your local government, your role there, um, and it's a bit of an update. We don't have a topic today, we're just kind of reintroducing and, and the, the, the Knowledge Network there. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, hi, everyone.
18: I'm a originally late manager with Economic Development and with the Cash Valley Regional District on Vancouver Island. Um, my colleague Brittany Taylor is here so she might have provided some sort of update already or did you? So I'll, I'll leave it there for now, thank you. Okay,
3: thanks. Sir. Um, John Code.
14: Grab my mute. Um, hi there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm part of the broadband committee with the Caribbean Regional District. I'm you know obviously uh, alongside Maureen who's the chair for that uh, committee and uh, I I don't really have too much to say other than that I'm sure Maureen will fill you in on (laughs) well you know obviously we just had a change in uh, government so uh, we have to kind of reform our committee again and uh, go from there Thanks
0: John Thanks Um, Jeannie you're on the list do you want to speak now or would
3: you like to make some closing comments? Thanks, Maureen. I've just fascinated in, in hearing all the updates and where everybody's at, um, given where we are in, in uh, the programming and the funding and everything.
5: So I'm just going to sit tight here because um, it's really it's great information. So thank you for sharing to hear what's what's really going on on the ground. So uh, much Yeah.
3: Attention. What 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 people are interested in learning more about? Absolutely. James comments about data. Yeah. They'll... Yeah. There's some fascinating
1: things. So thank you. Everybody.
3: Appreciate it.
14: Uh um, Mark Hatchell. There we go. Uh, thank you. Uh, forehead?
3: I can see your forehead. <laughs> oh,
14: yeah. Is <laughs> that better? <laughs> okay. Uh, one of my counselors is here, so I have to temper my, temper comments okay. accordingly.
10: Thank um,
14: you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the millet, as those of you who are at UBCM and, and attended the session, on connectivity uh, we'll know that we are one of the communities that were punished as a result of the false data that's recorded on the ED maps uh, nationally so um, because the internet speeds in our community and many others are not as represented in the national broadband map it affected our ability to get funding for the connected coast project and so we're concerned about, as many other communities are, we're concerned about the accuracy of the national broadband map uh, data speeds. As reported, we understand that there's supposed to be a new map published soon. Um, I keep
6: checking. I don't see any new data out there. Uh, and hopefully it will be more accurate.
14: We've Also learned that there are communities like ours where there is um, <laughs> capacity for the <certain laughs> broadband but the telecom in this case us has decided not to provide it so it's there but just the de- telecom isn't allowing us to access it so that's worrisome as well so i think you know there's some definite uh, inequalities and lack of access to 5010 that's based on both inaccurate data and uh, business decisions that are being made by the telecoms that are affecting our residents and i think many others across the province
3: yeah thank you mark and i know think we're all looking forward to seeing that that data information and see hopefully where and make have shift michael reese christensen yeah, good morning,
0: Marie. I'm going to try to limit the amount of talking because I seem to have picked up something unpleasant. Um, yeah, uh, we have uh, everything's been a bit on pause for the last couple of months, of course, for the election. But uh, you know, we do have some concerns regarding the uh, the mapping data as well. We've been reading for that as well for some resolution on that um, I think the biggest problem for us we have a strategy that's that's primarily completed but the biggest problem is developing a uh, meaningful and a productive relationship with ISPs and uh, it's proved Extremely difficult over the last four years, and it's not getting any easier. Um, we thought that it would with the new uh, provincial program, but it's still been uh, a hit and miss. And uh, we're seeing a lot of promises as usual, but not a lot of actual results. <laughs> thank you,
10: Michael.
0: Mike Gilbert.
13: Good morning. Um,
0: okay, have you heard there are problems with uh, the set map? <laughs> well, you just heard it again. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we, we struggle with that one. Uh, and we struggle with it in two ways. We The center population in the northern Rockies along uh, 700k of Alaska Highway uh, is painted green on the map. So we're supposed to be good to go. There's a difference between uh, theory... And delivered speed, unfortunately, and the experience in the community is that the delivered speed is maybe half of, of what's being trumpeted as being available. Uh, the other issue is that the trunk that runs north south, Whitehorse to Fort Saint John, um, is it doesn't have population to support a lot of breakout points. Uh, we are the only jurisdiction in the country that has a tariff rate for uh, internet access set by the CRTC, and that includes the wholesale rates that are established uh, for ISPs to access fiber. There is no opportunity to uh, to take over any of that fiber as dark fiber, but it has to be delivered through. Northwest Hell, the costs are, uh, to say they're prohibitive, is a gross understatement. Uh, so effectively, there is currently monopolistic, uh, frozen in a, a monopolistic arrangement in our jurisdiction, um, north and south. The good news is that, as of uh, roughly a month or five weeks ago, uh, we have service from Starlink. The bad news is, as of five weeks ago, we have service from Starlink. The, The good news part of the story is that that opens up levels of service undreamed of by people up and down the highway in remote areas like Toad River, and just recently, Montjo Lake, where they've gone from uh, services limited on DSL and uh, what they could pull from Explornet of maybe five, ten, or if they're lucky, fifteen, down to uh, first test uh, our first contact in Toad River had their dish up and running five minutes later I had a screenshot (laughs) They, they were over the moon they were pulling 270 down up from 10 so it's changed the world in in that sense the bad news part of that story is we're concerned that funders will view that as the solution in a more permanent sense and avoid doing and supporting the infrastructure development that's necessary for the long-term benefit of the region in an economic development and quality of life sense and in every discussion we have with any funder we try to insert that the point is we see current leo technology at least as a transitional solution but it's really a band-aid on an arterial wound you need to do some major surgery to fix this problem long term and there is a good deal of development up and down the highway that is going to be reliant on that that said we are happy to see that service in place for for our friends Areas where they have had little or no access and they'll be reporting back in. We've got good contacts in citizen services and we'll be feeding uh, that information in for their planning purposes as well. So uh, we'll be uh, talking to people that have boots on the ground and passing some, some anecdotal information along as to the performance of Starlink as an example of what Leo can do. And I'll leave it at that for now. Thank you. Michael.
3: Was that
0: your own phrase? I wrote it down. I like that thing. They don't true sure. I well, we like that one. That yeah. just came it came <laughs> it came to me as it came to me as I was I was talking because I, I'm an analogical thinker, unfortunately. Sometimes some of the things that uh that come to me as I'm talking are best left unsaid, but. You know. <laughs> it's
3: always a lesson.
0: Yeah, that one. <laughs> it was no. always a blessing. <laughs> Davis.
2: Thank you. Um, yeah, as Michael mentioned, you know, we're well down the path on having a strategy and partly now we're just, you know, evaluating what's most valuable for that in light of the provincial programs, um, and the strategy rolling out there. Um, we're looking forward to getting a bit more information about it. Um you know since since the program was announced and there's still some projects coming through the ubf you know we we have heard of projects being announced in our region that we had not heard of before that announcement came out and we are still trying to get information about those projects from the telecommunications providers um so that's proved a bit challenging um and we have not been approached you know in these in the new intakes of the program for letters of support so it's hard to know exactly what's what's happening there there's a bit more just looking forward to having a bit more of a clear picture maybe about what's, what's working out and stuff. Um, and of course we do have some information about projects we were aware of being submitted, and those are still all in a confidential stage that we won't be able to speak about publicly at this time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very exciting and it does feel like some progress is being made, and you know, once the snow is gone I'm sure we'll start to see shovels in the ground and projects happening and it will feel very exciting.
3: Thanks. Thank you. I'm um, Rene Good
5: morning, everyone. Um, I was. Without going into a ton of history, I'm just gonna briefly chat about the Connected Coast. I put a link in the in the chat there. So the Strathcona Regional District is in partnership with uh, City West, who is an ISP, but they're also a subsidiary of the city of Prince Rupert. And together we're building the Connected Coast Network, which is a subsea fiber uh, project <laughs> that will go around the Vancouver uh, <laughs> Island and, Uh, from Vancouver up to Prince Rupert. Um, We received funding from uh, three different uh, funding partners, the the province, uh, the PEDS and and ISC, uh, to do the project This, I think it was awarded in 2018, construction began last year and we're about a third completed the construction. We have one community that is is live right now and expect a few more uh, probably in January or February. We're just doing some testing um and so this is a backbone uh network and then we're still working on uh last mile solutions for many of the communities we do have um funding for some but um like others have said within the strathcona regional district many of our communities were not included because they are deemed as served 5010 um so we are working um with uh, City West, our, our partner in the project um, on some last mile solutions for communities right now that are underserved and then the, the SRD did um, do an uh, APP borrowing to um, accommodate some of the uh, communities that, that were ineligible but uh, really wanted them to take advantage of the Connected Coast uh, project. So uh, starting some last mile construction um, in a number of communities, uh, Haida Gwaii, Cortez Island, and uh, some Denman Hornby, Uh, so we've got lots of multiple projects going on for last mile that will feed into the the Connected Coast project and and more to to come. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's about it, but I did include the, the link there that um, if you look at the as-built map, you can see the progress that the project um, is making and any other information um, about the project. And if you would like to know more about how the regional district became involved in this type of project or some more details about the projects, please uh, reach out to me.
3: Thank you. I'm just going to pause for a second and look at to, to Rico. Rico, when there's links and comments, I know there's some talk going on in the chat as well, do we take those links, we'll put them into the minutes and then we send them out um, at the end of the meeting or a follow up, any links that get plugged into the chat, we'll be, be saved, we'll be lost when we don't work out of this, so. Um, yep, I,
11: I can include, I can pull the info from the chat. Um, links and other info
1: that people
17: are posting, and, and I can make that available uh, in print to you all following the meeting, not a problem. Okay, thanks. Um, Rob Gay, you're up. Yes, thank you. Uh, I think uh, I, I did have a look at that link on, on the Coast Project, very impressive, and, and uh, good luck on that one. That's, that's a, a huge project to follow that a little bit more um so as was said the ice said mapping is, is probably one of our biggest concerns um another concern that we're seeing um in it,
10: um
17: i guess it's and i won't name the company but many of you will know the company but we're seeing consolidation of our isps and the cookies we had a number of small isps um some of the people are are, are are wanting to retire which is fine and so they're selling out to the bigger companies but in two cases we're seeing the consolidation. We're seeing a, a decrease in service, um, very much a decrease in service and an increase in price. So that's really frustrating when we work so hard to bring good service to these people and they were very happy with it. Um, but they're very much aware of what's going on so they've got their own fight with the company so we're not having to be part of that. Um, good news, kind of like Mike said, it yeah, is around question. Starlink. Starlink is available to many of our um, rural so folks. Say you have
10: um,
17: but it will, and I, I agree with Mike, I think, um, it's going to restrict bringing fiber to the home because some of the homes, it's just so expensive. We're talking seven, $8, ten thousand $10,000 per home to bring fiber. And um, probably the right thing to do, but people will say, well, maybe yes, Starlink will, will have to be the solution. And I do notice in the United States, there is a few more companies. So I guess the, our Earth is going to be full of satellites. Uh, good news for us, again we can't say it publicly, but we've had some really good indications that our, we have a large UVF project that was applied for and uh, I think we're just in the final times. We have a, a company that we work with called Columbia Basin Broadband Corporation, which is part of our Columbia Basin Trust. So our strategy going forward is if we get this UVF program approved, um, we get all the funders together on that. Um, we'll we have about half our problem solved. The other half, we are going to take advantage of the new provincial program and try to cobble that together. So, for us, you um, know we got some issues around connectivity to poles and whatnot. I think we all face that with the cost. But, but the mapping is really, if we had to boil it down to one project, uh, marine, and for the group, the mapping is, is certainly a big issue. And um, we've gone ahead and we've done the time. Are the um, you know the tests at people's homes, and it's very very hard though to get the numbers, and then people don't believe it anyway. We do do the speed test, but but it's something that um, you know we we continue to do. But um, the mapping um, we struggle with. So I'll leave it at
6: that.
3: Thanks, for Sal so, the mayor.
6: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, we did have a. Uh at the Squamish Regional District, a staff member that had the connectivity portfolio. She's taken a leave, so we really haven't moved forward with any kind of a study or anything yet, uh, which is too bad. Um, early this year, we had a huge snow back and then a major rainfall, and our valley where I'm in, in the Scottish District, is 110 kilometers straight west of Lillooet, and about 60, 70, 80 kilometers north of Pemberton. so we're quite isolated. Well, 150 avalanches came down after that uh, snowfall, and we were totally isolated for five days. Um, we had fog down to, we couldn't get any helicopters in, nothing. We were very fortunate. We didn't, we didn't have any uh, major medical incidents. We did have power, though. But <coughs> they are independent of the society, which is a small society. They get their their uh, connectivity from a telus tower about halfway along that up in the mountain built from silhouette. They lost power, and their two generators they had they didn't. Uh, they didn't come in, so we didn't have any landline. Uh, we definitely don't have any cell cell service anyway. So our landlines went and our independent service provider didn't have any internet also. I put on about $400 on my internet, going back and forth with SLRD staff and, and uh, some various helicopter companies. And uh, it just, just shows how important internet is. I, I did manage, there were a few people that had uh, uh, the Shaw internet and uh, you know I managed to go there a few times and go back and forth to staff via that way. But uh, yeah, it was quite an event. Our independent service provider, uh, they're basically finishing up their upgrade that was funded for around $2 million. They had some cost overrun, so I've helped them with that. And uh, we're, uh, they're, they're also looking at going to fiber, trying to fiber our community. Uh, we know that won't fiber all the way to us, but they want a fiber, so to fiber, just try to set up for the future. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've also funded a study for them and see what the costs are. I put an application in to that $830 dollars funding. So we're still on a, we're still working hard on the internet for our ballot. Thanks. Thanks,
3: um, that's about us early, early in the season for uh, that that kind of weather.
6: Certainly. Yeah, that was back in January. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, I uh, uh, think last week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no. the The image that that I've got there is it was one early, early, one spring, just before the ice went off, a uh, gun lake where I live. And that little dot on the left side of me there—that me riding my mom bike. <laughs> and the, and the swans came early, and uh, they're standing on the ice there. Yeah.
3: Thanks, Al. Okay, so moving on. Next on the list, Sarah Fowler.
4: Hi, my name is Sarah Fowler. Uh, you know, Mark mentioned that there was his counselor here, and so I'm with the village of Tassus, like Mark Tatchell, but I'm not here for you, my love. I'm, don't shrink on my account. Uh, I'm here with the um, Economic Development Committee, uh, the Community Economic Development Committee, uh, which is a UBCM committee. And uh, so that committee met uh, recently. We discussed uh, economic development drivers and uh, potential across the province. And internet always does sort of come up, especially with the um, the tools that were released by Min- um, citizen services, like the community um, information tool that sort of lays out the different um Areas and their service levels and their connectivity. Uh, just from a, a personal standpoint, I have had uh, satellite internet. I have had um, local internet called Kanuma, uh, which is like part of the cable network. And then um, now I'm on the TELUS Hub, so it's been this rolling over of continuous um hopefully improvements. And I did sign up for the City West program. So whenever that comes for the dropping in, that will be my next evolution of rural Internet for me. Thanks.
3: Thank you. Next to um, Lee I think it's here. Your
7: system admin. <laughs> um, well, hello, everyone. Um, I don't know if I have much to add. Um, to, to the general conversation about connectivity. On the Sunshine Coast, we're working with Connected Coast, uh, so that's going fairly well. It, it's taking a little bit longer than we'd assume, uh, but there's a lot of paperwork to get through. Um, overall, though, I, I, I noticed that in the uh, poll, one of those questions was about uh, relationships with ISPs. And um, on the Sunshine Coast, we're in a little bit of a... Uh, uh, We're in a place where we're doing a little bit better than everyone else in terms of connectivity because we're so close to Vancouver. However, uh, interacting with ISPs uh, such as TELUS is a a major issue for us. Um, The director or or the CEO of TELUS rather actually lives in Seashell, and for a while there, for a few months, there was pretty much open war between the Seashell First Nation and TELUS. Um, I was talking to her the other day and he mentioned to me that they're on the cusp of a big deal with TELUS. They seem to have got past their issues in the conversation. And the question I was asked was, are there any TELUS services that you feel that uh, we should look at that we can wrap up in this deal? Because we right now have an advantage in in terms of conversation around this. So I would be interested to know if there were any uh, elements of TELUS's ISP interactions, what they proposed. It was mentioned a little earlier about uh, promise speeds and actual speeds and things like that. Um, If there was anything that I could put in a good word for, for this group, uh into our telus agreement and maybe spur telus to provide functionality at least for us that caters for that and then maybe spread out i I would be interested in pursuing that um but i would say overall though it it, it is it's the opposite of what i would expect uh we have a business that is looking to work with us and um i'm specifically talking about telus here but i i don't know about other areas but uh what we found is that it's it's like I mentioned a war, but it's like that we, we are in a, an agreement and a contract with a company that we have to continually watch our backs, that we have to continually verify what they say, and that we have to continually be on the ball as to the slights that come out of conversations, and we have to verify what we're expecting from them. It is, It is a thorn in our side that doesn't need to be there. And I'm wondering if other people have issues with TELUS around this or or other ISPs I'm picking on them because that's the one we deal with. But we found it to be uh, to hamstring us. Um, And this is a company that's supposedly offering services and wants to expand here. But what we're getting is uh, very predatory practices and uh, uh, wording that always favors them, which you kind of expect. But we did not expect to get it to a point where we were pretty much, uh, you know, got the gloves off and we were going to go in the ring with them. That that was not expected. So I I just would be interested to understand how whether that's a unique experience or whether other people have similar experiences with their ISPs. Thank you. Thank you,
10: thank
3: you, Ray. And good timing because all while you were speaking, I saw Thomas nodding his head and listening to what you were saying. And you're up next, Thomas Witten.
8: Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so I'll start off by talking a little bit about what we see. Um, my name is Tom Witten. I'm IT manager at Doink River First Nation. We're about 45 minutes outside of Fort St. John. We have last mile service here from TELUS, um, and similar to the comments that just came out, um, we have seen a struggle in trying to get upgrades done, getting service out here, having a technician on site, actually dealing with these issues. Um, and. A lot of those issues are actually safety issues. We have a lot of elders that live out here and uh, their pacemakers and their phones are all connected in to those different systems. If one of those systems goes down and somebody has a heart attack, what are we left with? Um, It's unfortunate. I completely agree with you. It is the scariest part of possibly signing a contract with TELUS for anything. I've been waiting 10 months on a, uh, We're right now we're one gigabit service to the band office. We're upgrading to 10 gigabit. We are then our own ISP provider. We have been for about 12 years out at DOI. We're using a wireless infrastructure to send out internet across the community. The community is a lot smaller than most of uh, the communities that you guys are speaking about. We have 60 homes with about 300 members. So trying to get buy-in from the organizations to set up cell towers to bring fiber in has been difficult, um, but we have seen some serious momentum over the last little bit. Um, as Crystal mentioned, I'm actually excited to see Crystal. We've chatted a couple of times. Um, the vote from the PRRD did come through, um, and so they're going to be looking into additional connectivity within the Peace River North. Um, but when we started taking a look at our own plan and see how can we continue to be our own ISP in a fiber infrastructure, all of the government funding was completely working against us. Um, they were very much.
6: side um but
8: that goes back to you know self-resilience how do we if if somebody has to wait two weeks to get their internet set back up from telus that's not acceptable especially when we have no cell phone infrastructure i've only been with doig for about seven months now um eight months um this has been my major project though because not having connectivity holds up so much other projects and the um biggest issue definitely was coming down specifically to telus so but we need something in the meantime because telus will take four years maybe 10 years 20 years to get an actual fiber cable down in within community hopefully we can mitigate that with a signed contract that says the expected dates but i'm making sure that i have all of my eyes dotted and t's crossed when we start working with telus and make sure that if If this doesn't happen by this date, what is their policies? What's their procedures? Who do I go to? What's my escalation? I'm I'm actually working with a company called PlanetWorks right now to address those issues. Other things that we've talked about as well is having a convert train on the TELUS systems if possible. I understand they have some unions and stuff. But if we have the opportunity to train up one of our members to go out and handle basic phone calls so you know okay just switch out this router for this router and walk away um i think that will get rid of a lot of the calls that are necessary for tell us and allow somebody to be a community champion a community as well and start partnering so that's something we've really taken into account other than that um, cellular infrastructure we have no cell phone signal and a majority of noise makes things very very unsecure uh, we're in the process right now of uh, getting a geo thermal geo assessment done on a plot of land where we're going to their own tower and inviting everybody to come put up their equipment um build it and they will come kind of theory um, tell us it hasn't been very receptive in coming and putting up a cell phone tower rogers has been more receptive that they got eight billion dollars for connectivity but we'll take care of half of it you guys come in on the rest and it seems to be working out um yeah that's going
3: I think uh, you can really see the cross connections, and where conversations could continue outside of this group. Once you get along, oh yeah, we'll share with you, and you'll share with us about what we're dealing with. On the next, uh, we're just about at the end of the list here. Um, and Trevor Willett. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to see lots of uh,
19: friendly faces here. Yeah, uh, Thomas. Uh, as crystal uh, crystal did a great job of explaining uh, where we are uh, as far as that uh, so I'm not going to cover that but I did want to kind of uh, just mention in in line with the service function we're also pushing forward for some resources and uh, potentially some funding to really allow us to do some things uh, um, you know pay for studies and you know if we need some consulting time um, you know and again really really allow us to, to gather uh some some good data to to allow the board to be able to uh make some decisions around where we go with connectivity so yeah i i think it's it's going to be an exciting 2023 um the other thing i just wanted to comment on mike's uh, mike's comment about starlink and you know i had I, i think this was was mentioned before but you know if you look at what the province of quebec is doing and where they actually slot starlink i think it's 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 an interesting approach, and um, you know it's it's quite possible that other provinces may may decide to follow suit. Uh, Starlink is is identified as a last option, right? And so when when the the province of Quebec is is looking at their connectivity plan, Starlink is always like reserved for the very last, the very most remote uh, places where it's just not economically feasible. Uh, you know whether whether it's subsides or not, it just doesn't make any sense. And so, um, you know, I think there is a place for Starlink, uh, you know, or, or any other LEO uh, options that we have in the future. It's just something that um, can be a little stressful if it becomes the first option. Um, you know, where it if it if it starts to interfere
10: with um, the ability to secure uh, funding.
19: That we've got a real problem, uh, and and hopefully that's you know that is probably something that that obviously uh, Mike has, is is concerning him, but I, I think it's concerning a lot of us, especially those uh, you know uh, like Northern Rockies, Pure, he, you know Doig, We're all northern, northern, remote, and so um, yeah, Starlink should definitely not be the first first option there. Um, sometimes it's the only option. Uh, my only other point I was just going to make here is just about the ISP relations. I,
10: I think we've got reasonably good uh, relations with TELUS. I'm, I'm starting to
19: see uh, TELUS and Shaw and Rogers, I should say, that matter. But um, one of the conversations we had was um, the last time TELUS had stopped in. We, Crystal and I had a good good chat with them about some of our needs. But we also, I, we did, t- I did talk to them about the speed testing. I said, don't you find it odd that we're going all the way to the end of the line and we're allowing we're basically putting the speed tests, putting the onus on the end users, on families, on the ratepayers to do all of this work to to override the CRTC map? I said, like you guys have the technology. Why why aren't the ISPs the ones doing the speed tests? to their, whether it's Shaw, whether it's Telus, whether it's Rogers, why are we relying on the end users to do it? I said, you guys have the technology, it's already built into your apps. They said, I can do a speed test. I said, why isn't that data collected at the ISP level and then submit it back to the CRTZ? I said, this whole, 100%. this whole, the amount of expense we're going through, the amount of headaches, inconsistent data, oh, no. because some people are doing it, some aren't. Half the people don't know really what they're doing. They're kind of hitting. Maybe the dot's not in the right spot. And I said, like, this seems like a very simple problem. But I think the wrong people are doing the testing.
10: Uh-huh.
19: And it, it wasn't, I, I guess they kind of nodded. And <laughs> you know, but really it was kind of put back. They weren't overly enthusiastic about that. Um, but, you know, really a CRTC mandate would put an end to this problem fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe this is something to be proposed through UBCM next next year or the year after, but you know, I, I don't know what it, everyone else's thoughts are, but to me, that just seemed like like a logical approach. That's it for me. Okay, thank you,
3: Trevor. Um, always last, but never least, Walter, your name starts with W, you're at the bottom of the list. So thank you <laughs> for your patience, and over to Walter.
9: Thank you, Chair. Uh, as always, uh, there's a bonus of being uh, last on the list. Uh, on the list, because everybody talked about all the issues that I wanted to talk about, so there is no point in repeating them. So, uh, like where we are, are at in the Slocan Valley, our backbone cable is in. It's being lit up from Glamour Junction all the way to Nacasp Shore Home, which is over a hundred kilometers. And uh, it was a challenging task working with Columbia Broadband Corporation I think Rob, uh, gay mentioned that that's the uh, entity that we that I am working with and most of uh, the Columbia Basin is working with to promote connectivity in our respective areas but the challenging part was it was uh, it was very cable airy, uh, aerial cable and submarine cable so we covered all three aspects of providing backbone cable now The bonus on that is it's an open access backbone cable, providing uh, competition for different ISPs to, you know, uh, get their part of that backbone cable. And hopefully that will reduce the cost to our uh, constituents. But uh, my work is never over in connectivity. (laughs) The next step is fiber to the house and we're looking at that and uh, it more than likely will be a combination of fiber to the house and possibly uh leo or uh wi-fi you know, off the air connections and uh and then the other portion is cell service in the slocan valley we uh do not have cell service and i like what thomas mentioned that uh, build it and they will come well i actually did look at building cell towers in the slocan valley i'd have to build five cell towers And just a broad gauge estimate of each cell tower would be about a million dollars. So I'd be looking at $5 million. Funding is the biggest problem, Thomas, when you look at that. Hopefully you have sufficient funding. I like the idea of building a cell tower because it will be a money generating cell tower. Then you can charge uh, rental space on it to, uh, for example, Dallas, Rogers, or uh, other cell service providers. I think that probably finishes uh, (laughs) with what I have to report, thanks
3: okay thank you i'm gonna before i give my my update from uh, change my hat to give my update from the caribou regional district i just want to go over to lara who's on the phone so she has been listening but not able to raise her hand or also to, to see some of the chats lara um i just wanted to give you a bit of an overview of what's been quite a bit of talk in the chat and i'm just going to give you a really quick cold note to that one talking about plans so much to the past some groups are starting plans finishing them uh, we've heard several comments about what's next um there's some links um rico mentioned she'll put some links um into the notes obviously you would, you would have heard that i said math is, is is uh that that conversation is not over um, and, and not all happy with where that's sitting at the moment so that's going to be one to watch and hear more about um we just scrolling through the chat i actually have not had it open because i've got too many windows going on here um some contact information that rico will also add so so lara just before we before i consider my crd blurb there do you have any comments or anything you'd like to uh, to speak to
1: in terms of what you've heard here. Thanks, Maureen. Um, no, it's just been really interesting to hear where everybody's at and, and the projects. So I look forward to the links and, and investigating those when uh, I get a chance later. I'm actually going to have to sign off now, but um, really appreciate uh, your carrying on with these. There's various formative meetings, so thanks very much, Maureen. Well, thanks, Lara, and we'll, I'll give you a call
3: and we'll set up something up so we can talk about that goal and, and, and get your feedback into that as well. So um, Carbo Regional District, I'm going to look to John Code, who is our IT manager and has spoken already a little bit as well. We had our, our connectivity plan done with um, 10X Engineering. That wrapped up in some mid, mid-COVID, mid that that wrapped up, and then the CRD work from the committee. I was, uh, and I was appointed initially the portfolio holder and then the chair of that committee. We structured our committee with um, some participation from sectors as well as directors from DRD, like many of your areas. We're very far flung, low population density, all the way from the top of the Bella Coola Hill to the Quinnell Lake and the Kiribu Mountains, from uh, about halfway between Quinnell and Prince George, south to almost to Clinton. So we're, we're, it's a big area. We have a, 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 our, our strategy identified three sectors who are going to be most impacted or are being most impacted by the lack of connectivity, tourism, um, agriculture, and education. So we have someone from TRU University here on the Williamson campus on our committee. We also have someone from Coast-Karabuchukotu Coast, Coast uh, Tourism Association, and we have um, an agricultural operator from the South Caribou who you also sits, so it's a non non political per se uh, members sitting there offering perspectives from their sectors. Um, We've had several meetings. Getting your committee just up and running is is. Is, is a task in itself and takes time to, to help all members understand we have this plan now what do we do with it and how do we implement it we did actually trimmer and crystal come in and talk to us about what was going on um, in their communities um, and and now we formed um a new report to our boards for the election we, did, uh, we were required to do a report to our board and what the crd has done is agreed that our committee will become the body that approves requests for letters of support so rather than every letter of support coming to the board and needing board concurrence or a board letter you're going to come to this committee um, and we're hoping our intent is that we can have some discussion the predominant telecom and ISP provider writer here is tell us although there are still some small locally on, one's left um, that tell us but to build that relationship so 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 we can discuss with them how does their plans, as much as they're willing to share their build-out plans, match <laughs> and meet the needs of what we've identified in our connectivity strategy. So um, that committee has not officially been, been restruck, really it's a select committee of the board, so it has to be appointed, um, and that will be uh, the next Friday, I'm assuming, um, and we'll go forward from there. But, but um, I'm, from what I'm hearing around this table, Lots of challenges in that relationship, and uh, we know what a cutthroat industry um, telecommunications is. Everyone is playing their cards close to their chest and doesn't really want to share what valley, what community, what area of the CRD they might be planning to go because they don't want other telecoms to find out about it. That's their problem, not ours. We need to know that um, that we are driving the buildout and that fit into communities and not them or at least as a partnership so uh, I think more conversations about how to improve how to build and improve that relationship and build that trust is going to be really important for us going forward Um, and in my personal hat I'll just say that I live out in Marceline about an hour east of Williams Lake which is where the CRD office is I'm on ExploreNet so I feel all your pain (laughs) I've chosen not to go at Starlink many of my neighbours have I'm I'm personally concerned about the commodification of space, mm-hmm. um, what are we going to do about that, it's happening, but <laughs> the whole <social> situation <laughs> is a concern for me personally, so, um, we're sticking with exploring it for the time being, we'll, we'll see, what happens there. So I'm looking at the list of, um, no hands up, no one wanting to comment, questions and comments within the, um, Within the chat, and you can follow up on some of those. So I'll look at our agenda um, and talk a little bit about wrap up and next steps. And to do that, I'm actually going to go to the two people who haven't spoken yet, the, which who is Jerry Wilkins from the province and Rico from uh, UCM. Um, Jerry, hey, the comments
18: or thoughts? Are you heard here?
3: Sorry, go ahead, Mary? Uh, Just
18: before you move on, I'm interested mm-hmm. to kind of see the terms of reference for your. Select committee. committee and all this because um, I expect uh, Ketchin Valley may be undertaking such work very soon and I like the idea of the committee reviewing the letters of support. So yeah. good, uh, good ideas that you worked through already so um, I wonder yeah, if you could share some of that yeah. and, uh, for Ketchin. Yeah, because,
3: because we're a select committee of the board, therefore the board had to agree to appoint the select committee body responsible for writing letters to support rather than recommending
18: back to the board. We're hoping that would streamline the process as well as well. But, uh, okay, so the board said it, it's not making recommendations to the board, it's saying you guys have the, yeah. the deciding authority.
15: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll send that to you for sure. Jerry, what have you heard today? What is oh, lots. I have been making <laughs> copious notes if you've seen my head down like this. Um, it, you know it's wonderful after almost what two years of, of this committee to hear the conversations because it's a very different conversation now than it was in the beginning um uh, people understand the issues better they understand the 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 root rather than the symptom and i think that's uh that's a good place to be having conversations from um a couple of things that pointed out for me are big you know it's the relationship with isps that that is something that that it sounds like we could probably do the next year on that one <laughs> in, in every session. So that's a really good takeaway, I think, for the, the three of us, Maureen, you and I, and Rico, to look at and see what is it, you know, how is it we can use this group or inform this group or what we can bring to this group to actually be able to maybe get some headway or make some change in that area.
3: Uh,
15: the um, I also want to talk about the strategies for a sec, and I was looking at some of the, the notes in the... In the the chat um you know the most of the the strategies that were done by regional districts and a lot of municipalities even were done before the province and the federal government announced the you know funding and the commitment to get things done you know over a very short you know four-year period and and the advent of leo came up after that too so those are the types of it's almost like disruptive things that that you know weren't weren't um weren't considered when the plans are put together. So I think that's the thing that I've, I've learned is, is no matter what the plan is, it always has to be reiterated and you know back over again because everything changes so quickly uh, in the connectivity world. Um, there are a couple of things that uh, you'll see Jeannie put her contact information in the chat. There are specific things we heard here that we probably should know more about uh, to take back internally. And uh, I've made notes on some of those. Um, uh, Thomas, one of them was um, the fact that your program works against what's happening in DOIG. And uh, that's something definitely we want to hear more about and we want to take internal to our program area. And um, another question was, you know, what's the province doing about mapping and uh, federal ISED mapping? I just put some links in the chat that look, that speak to that. If you look at the program guides for both the federal UBF program and ours, it actually does have some wording in there uh, about, you know, considering the mapping and the mapping data. And I can't interpret what it means in each of your projects, but it's, I, the, the links are there for you to go in if you want to look at those details. Because uh, I think that's one thing the province is doing is through its program, it's, it's aware of that. And is, is, uh, is, is considering that as part of the context. And Ray, I'm really interested in learning more about the, the relationship with Telus. You said it it it, it got almost a fisticuffs, but it seems to have changed and it would be interesting to know what has changed about that because that might give us some insight uh, into you know that relationship. And I'm not asking you to speak to that now, but it might be something we want to learn more about later. and and the final thing was presentations i i think the srd and prrd i saw heads nodding and interests uh for so maybe maybe as a group we need to invite you back to the table sometime over the next few months to talk more about what you're actually doing and uh be able to to be able to you know dissect it a bit for the people at the table anyway lots of good things i think it's a great meeting to start off with Um, Thank you, Jerry. Now we had a couple of hands up. Rico, you had yours up, but also Thomas,
3: you had your hand up too. Did you have a comment?
11: Oh, I think Thomas was applauding. Oh,
3: okay. I was just
11: applauding. (laughs) I just (laughs)
3: agreed. Okay, Rico too, and I did not allude to the SharePoint, so I don't know if you wanted to follow up or or share your thoughts, but also... Sure, I can talk about that.
1: I also Um,
11: wanted to... To welcome Director Hebert from uh, Peace River Regional District, I know he joined us a little bit late. So, so welcome, Director Hebert. Um, I'm I'm just so glad to see all of you um, on screen again and hear what you've been up to. Um, Super excited to hear about Peace River and what you guys are doing. I also. Uh, Jerry I don't know if Jerry's gonna love me or hate me for this I would love for I would love to encourage you guys individually to, to call the province as you're as you're sort of navigating these um, speed bumps and challenges because I feel like Jerry and the, the connected communities team um, can really provide some some perspective and um, advice on on sort of options available and or they can provide access to, to information if you're not able to find the information one way they may have access to other information and I just want to make sure that all of you are accessing the connected communities team as a as a resource um, there are people behind desks at that team who who have the the sort of the, the overall picture and can help you really um, locate your challenges and your projects uh, within that overall picture and i think that's that's really helpful and they also have a good sense of who the other um actors are um and uh, can help connect the dots so if if you're not doing it already i would encourage you to um to reach out more to the province more frequently. Um, I know that some of the regional committees have Jerry or other um, citizen services staff who attend on a fairly regular basis
10: as a resource person. And um, so that may be something that you guys would
11: want to consider as well, Um, especially since, um, you know, we don't have time in the RCKN meetings necessarily to focus in on individual regions. can you give me a cup of tea? Uh, Maureen, you mentioned the SharePoint site. Um, it's uh, the SharePoint site is a uh, resource that we uh, collectively um, gather and make available to you, the RCKN members. It's hosted uh, by Citizen Services. It is password protected, so you need a BCEID um, to uh, access it. Um, you would uh, obtain a BCEID through uh, the provincial websites, and then once you have that EID, you you send it to um, the, the specific connected communities um, email address, and they give you access to the SharePoint site. It includes all of our past meeting recordings. Um, the, the, usually, it's the presentation content; it's not so much the discussion content. Back to 2020. Um, and it, it also includes uh, links to other resources and information around the connectivity context in BC. So if you haven't checked it out, would encourage you to, to do that. Uh, if you need help going through the process of getting an EID, etc, it's a little bit clunky and so I or Jerry can help walk you through that if you haven't uh, got that access already. Um, and while I have just told you to all call Jerry more often, uh, I will say that you can also reach out to me more often if you are um, if you are having challenges. I don't have access necessarily to the same bank
10: of project information that Jerry does, um, but I, I'm I'm certainly good at figuring out who the right person to
11: talk to is, and I will I will help you make those connections. And also if. Um, if we start to see patterns or, you know, commonalities of experience in different regions of the province, that's something that I would, um, sort of try and bring and put on the table here at an RCKN meeting, so that, you know, if I see stuff happening in the southeast and on the coast and in the north, then maybe we need to talk about it as a group and put our heads together and collaborate. Um, so, um, really excited for this next stretch of, uh, RCKN meetings we're going to go away and look at those top five that um, we're really going to narrow down to the the top five um, and also take into account some of the discussion here today and look at programming out the next five, six or so R- RCKN meetings and, and slotting those topics and um, technical experts where necessary into those meetings.
15: Um, Rico, Maureen, did you want me to bring that up to share screen for a bit just to show page and a few places to to look at for people who are going into the center sure, yeah. sure. that'd be great yeah. okay let me know that i'm sharing the right page yep we're, we're seeing we're seeing the we're seeing the uh the front, front page. page okay so this was put together in the in the beginning when we started just taking any information that was discussed at this group and putting it in. So there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to a lot of it. It's just you know up there and you might need to surf through. But uh, the um, the key topics is as key topics came out of the conversations, we we wrote sort of one or two pages that kind of hit the high points, and uh, and that is what you'll find under under the key topics. Under the presentations is where you will find all of the presentations that, that Rico mentioned, going back to the very first ones, way back in. There it is, November of 2020, Maureen. There's the first meeting, and uh, and and Rico uh, puts in both the slides and the um, 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 the presentations uh, here. Um, and as this information changes we tried to bring experts forward to talk about it again so if you go back through here you'll find a presentation on leo satellites for example um uh down here that was in june of 2021 we have an internal expert who who uh can provide updates on a regular basis so someone we can bring back to the table if that's a um if if an update is needed and the other things whenever we find specific things and i encourage those of you you know who are on this call if there's information that you have you want to share with your peers this is a really good place to share it that's what the intent of this was to to share with peers because a lot of the stuff that's that's um that's you know public information to be shared we have moved from here we've actually put on our our website um the government website which is uh, at the bottom of the um the agenda i think there's links to To both this and linked to the government website but this is more of a um the intent was more of a sharing site so if they're uh i think uh is actually your your ocp update uh and um uh, the community survey um that i think one of our staff members helped with a few years ago are up here and i know they've been useful to some other communities so anything like this that we can share back and forth um this is a, a place to do it, and any use cases that we find that might be useful to you, or that we found interesting. So again, it's it's a it's it's a it's a dump of information, and the more we each contribute to it, the better it is for everyone. So please do take a look around, and uh, feel free you you are able to to post um, as soon as you are able to get to the site. here are blue post, so I encourage you to do that. And and what I I don't know if Jeannie is still on the line. There's a couple of things. No, okay, there's a couple of things that I was um, I was expecting Jeannie to probably touch on when it got to her turn, but I'll um, just, so if I put the province hat of Jeannie's hat on for a minute and talk about what the province has been up to, um, m- many of you know that with the commitment of the 830 over five years, um, how that's being done is through the Connected uh, Communities Program. And the first intake closed December 1st, 15th but the other intake opens right the ne- on the very next day and part of that was due to feedback we got from many of you about the election causing a, a challenge with getting letters of support and getting and being able to get things ready in time uh, so uh you know, don't uh, don't feel that that is going to impact that's been taken into consideration by by the, um, the the part of our division that does that program um, data and research are other things that, that we focus on, and I, somebody else mentioned I think some research here today. Um, with the data that, that we have aggregated for the program, it, it's, it makes so much sense to be able to share that. So when we talk about things like the community information tool and something called the community investment tool, mm-hmm. these are interfaces and ways that we're trying to get Be able to democratize, you know, this 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 data that we have and access to the data, because that's something we keep hearing over and over again: is everyone needs data. So how do we go about doing that? And um, with research, we, many of you may know, uh, I think Jeanne's mentioned it here before. we were doing a study down uh, with um, UBCM and with Ndit down in the southeast, and looking at you know what is how do you what is the value if, of, of return on investment for putting money, money into connectivity? Because the narrative for so long has been it's very expensive in rural areas, and why would we do it? Like there's just it, it's it the the conversation always seemed to get stuck on the money, right? When we know the value is so much different than than the investment, and as someone told me. I think it was Mike on the phone here about the Alaska Highway. If the Alaska Highway was based on a return on investment, it never would have been built in the first place, <laughs> you know? But but it's there, and it's critical, and, you know, if it wasn't there, um, it, it wouldn't function. It so that um, the the effect was one of the studies that is published as now on our website and that's looking at that return on investment so when, when money is put in what does it mean short-term what does it mean long-term and it's that type of information that i think helps us all to build that business case for for the continued investment in and the continued focus on connectivity so uh one of the um topics i think was was recommended was maybe we can get um, Jeannie or someone to come and talk more about that in other types of research that's happened if it's useful
3: anyway thank you thank you jerry um i think when when we do send out the summary from this session which will include um the survey and and, and we're going to i'm moving into the next item here a little bit i'm not seeing any other questions up at the moment to some next steps and one next step because we're coming out of the election things are all getting rolling for all of us whether we're staff or elected uh elected uh, directors and and counselors is to select the dates ahead for at least a couple of months, they may have to shift. But if we can kind of lock down those dates of how often we want to meet, and al- align that with the topics that this has identified, um, then then we're sure to be able to encourage more people to participate as well as fit it, fit it into our own scheduling. So instead um, sort of looking for a nod ahead, so we can do that through email and sending information out in terms of once a month, which is what we've done in the past, more or less, except seasonal you know, sort of exceptions or. six weeks or more often what we want to see so um we won't get an answer to that today but we will send out some proposed dates and and ask for some feedback about how we should build
11: this moving forward we go go ahead just um i want to say that i think we're going to not aim for a december meeting um and so we'll we'll aim for the next
3: next meeting to be january I know December, there's all those staff parties and committee lunches. I'm you, so we're doing all this <laughs> Yes, starting in January, I we'll want to go pick, we'll pick some dates. Um, and going, going forward oh, yeah. uh, like I say, we move almost into May or even June with proposed dates and proposed topics,
1: then, uh,
3: then we can all have that in as well. Last call for questions or comments. And of course, as you've heard here, you can follow up with any of us anytime. Rico and Jerry are the keepers of the well. yeah. knowledge, but Laura, uh, I will follow up with. I see you. She's fine. So thanks, everyone. Nice to see you all again. Welcome to the new folks and, um, and talk to you again. Well, I think you yeah. Sarah has her hand up. Sarah,
4: go ahead. I, I guess I just wanted to have a a brief um, input about what someone said about the Alaska Highway and the return on investment. So, I feel like this is a really interesting example of we didn't know how valuable it would be until we did it. So from an economic development perspective, and, and I do really understand what you're saying, Maureen, too, about the commodification of space. There's definitely challenges with that because it is all these people doing separate things, not cohesively. Right. You know, and I and I wonder how we don't know what the return on investment on these sorts of things would be. But we do know that getting, you know, fiber to horsefly or wherever is um uh, of value for the people at the end of the line. So that's all I'll have to say about that. Thank you so much for, I'm um, happy to be here. Thank you. Good
3: comment. Mm-hmm. All roads lead the first line.
10: Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll set up a date soon and talk to you
10: all
3: again in January and enjoy your December and drive safe. Okay. Have a peaceful week. Cheers. Thanks, all.
7: Cheers. Thank you, everyone.
3: Thanks. Yeah. Have a good week. Nico okay. and Jerry, you want to stay on for a minute? Yeah,
11: we'll stay on. I'll just wait
4: for everyone to exit. Hi. Okay, what's that? That is the RDKN uh, Regional Connectivity Knowledge Network. Potential topics for 2022 23 is context. Federal and provincial infrastructure funding of $830 million is confirmed, coordinated, and rolling out over the next five years. The initial intake for the Provincial Connecting Communities BC program closes December 15th, with successive intakes being planned. Letter uh, number one, letter of support for connectivity funding applications. Share how various regional, municipal, and First Nations are approaching letters of support from the logistics of receiving and approving letters to capitalizing on the opportunity to orient providers in community planning and or involve them in ongoing planning conversations. Number two, permitting for connectivity infrastructure projects, access to a variety of physical space is required for funded infrastructure projects to be planned and completed, share instances where policy creation change or creative problem solving has reduced or eliminated time or expense of infrastructure projects, project completion, thereby reducing barriers and enabling people to receive services more quickly. Number three, creating connectivity value. BC Stats recently published the Kootenay Economic Benefits Study, demonstrating the short and long-term impacts of infrastructure investment. This study builds on research in Southeast BC, undertaken by Citizen Services in collaboration with UBCM and NDIT. Beginning with an overview of the study, explore what connectivity, return on an investment, and creating community value looks like for local leaders and investments required post-infrastructure to reap value and achievement benefit, achieve benefits. This could be a series of discussions building on what evolves from review of the BC STAT study, working with ISPs, share... Current collaborations or partnerships that model practical ways for local leaders and staff to engage with ISPs to understand and address each other's need to achieve mutual benefits. Infrastructure data from broadband availability data to local and planning data, what actions ISPs are taking to address community feedback regarding mapping discrepancies. Six, data for planning. a look at data available for connectivity planning, data needs and leaders and staff, what they use, what they need, and data required to optimize the use of improved connectivity services, community information tool, CIT, community investment opportunities tool, ISED map, CIRA, Internet Speed Data, etc. Number seven, Low Earth Orbit or LEO satellite technology. Receive an update on recent developments in the low Earth orbit satellite industry, followed by a discussion on its relevance to rural and regional planning. Number eight, Health Public Safety, Emergency Response, Health and safety concerns are central to conversations about cellular and wireless technologies, receive an overview of Federal Safety Code 6, its origins, and how service providers work to ensure this code translates into safety for people and animals. Number nine, connections, connectivity solutions in use. Through sharing current examples raised by participants or via a series of sector-focused presentations, Explore how internet-enabled technology is already being used in aquaculture, no, my my bad, agriculture, education, tourism, ETC, etc. in ways that achieve goals and aspirations of specific communities. Number 10, other topics not listed above. So that is the potential topics for the R. C-K-N We were at the Regional Connectivity Knowledge Network uh, Agenda November 22nd Um, The chair is Maureen LeBourdais From the Caribou Regional District And I want to thank everyone Who uh, Listened and uh, Talked on today's episode This is Sarah Fowler With the Waterfowl Podcast and we are using, what kind of internet are we using? We're using our TELUS hub today to record this um, in from the Green Antler in the village of Tassis. But we do recognize how important connectivity is in rural and remote areas. And we're wanting to see improvements on delivering services to places that are currently underserved so with that i think that that is the end of our our d k n episode of the waterfell podcast thank you for listening uh whoever you are out there in radio land and i hope that um you enjoyed um i know i did because i learned a lot uh especially liked it when somebody was talking about how why are we doing the speed tests they could easily be done by people more in the know and it doesn't have to be really done by the end user so i felt that that was really useful thank you so much have a really nice day bye bye